Dear Natalie, I write to you today from Nashville at the cusp of spring and the one-year anniversary of the pandemic's long night of spectacular death. This morning, on a barefoot walk around our backyard, my feet found, beneath dew-laden clover, the quiet brown of the land. In that moment, the memory of our first meeting visited me, of my mother after the four-hour drive down South Carolina, arriving us at your family's home in Beaufort, of the night air carrying the scent of the Atlantic as the flesh of my five-year-old feet meets your driveway, strewn with crushed seashells and dusted over in sand. My introduction to you was also my introduction to Gullah Geechee culture and the long history of low country black women who through paint, food, story, and song carve out a space for defiant delight. You sow seeds of Southern black joy and abundance. As a child, one of those seeds took root in me and would later flower into the blues. Best, Adia Victoria. Welcome to Call and Response from Sono Sound System, the show about the communal spirit of music making and listening. I'm Adia Victoria. I'm a musician, a poet, and a writer based in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a Black woman from the Deep South, leaning into the blues to make sense of this world. Y'all, my guest today is Natalie Days a woman who has inspired me, who has pushed me, who has encouraged me throughout the years to sing my song. Natalie is a painter. She's a storyteller. She is a blues woman from the most Southern place on earth, the low country of South Carolina. In the 90s, Natalie and her husband, Ron, landed a show on Nick Jr. called Gola Gola Island. And I just remember being awestruck that There was this show about Black folk from South Carolina where they were singing and they were sharing stories and culture. It was so joyous and so Black and so Southern. And I was just like, I want to do this. I want to make a colorful world. Natalie, her vision, the way that she's been able to manifest it, it planted a seed in me to make art, to hold on to that. So this conversation with her, it's almost like bringing the bouquet of that seed back to her and showing her what she made of me, you know, what she allowed me to do. So this is a a conversation rooted in gratitude, rooted in Black abundance, rooted in, in Black Southern joy. Before we get into this interview, I want to remind you that for each episode of Call and Response, I create a playlist of songs inspired by the conversation. This week's playlist is all music made by Black women from across the diaspora. It traces connections from Abeyi to Nina Simone. You can find that playlist on Sonos Radio or over on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com Sonos. We'll leave a link in the show notes. And now, my conversation with Natalie Days. Hey, Natalie. Hey, look how pretty you are. Right back at you. I brushed my teeth for the occasion today. That's my glam up in the pandemic. Did I brush my teeth? Yeah, that, that's how it works. That's how it works. I was actually a little bit nervous. I feel butterflies because I haven't seen you since I was seven. That's what I was thinking it was. I was thinking it was seven. 
when you and your mom and your aunties and all the kids would come to our house. Yes. All y'all. Yes. And I remember the first time it was our little house with the one bathroom, but we all made do. We just, folk were sleeping on the porch, folk were sleeping on the floor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've really been itching to ask, what does your life sound like right now? What does my life sound like? Yes. (sighs) It sounds like uh, the footsteps of my mother coming softly down the hall. She's moved in with me. Um, during this pandemic. It sounds like uh, the wind chimes in the pear tree in the backyard that I'm waiting to bloom. I hope it has survived the winter. Mm. It's uh, the fact that my mama knows old songs best. Mm. And when you have dementia, moving into those old songs works for her. The other night, we sat there and listened for an hour and a half of Wintley Fitz. Mm. When peace like a river attendeth my way. Yes. And she said each time, oh, he's got such a lovely voice. Yes, he does, Mama. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. No, that's... And the birds, because I have bird feeders. And they wake me up in the morning and they sing and chitter, chitter, chitter all day. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the birds. I love that. I think the world has quieted down in a way where we're able to hear things and process sound in a different way. You know, you mentioned the the birds that you're hearing. I remember last year when quarantine first started, I was like, my God, these birds are so loud. Have they always been this loud? It was just like this manic chatter. And I feel like the birds are like, yes, we've always been singing. You just (laughs) didn't hear us. You were too busy in your own world. I feel like my connection to nature, you know, has has shifted and, and changed now because I live with my mother as well. Yeah. And we're in Midtown Nashville, so we're in the city city. And a few times I've been able to go out to see my grandmother. She lives outside of Nashville in Goodlettsville uh, in the hills. And I just go out there and I, I hug the trees. I put my feet in the creek. You know, I can't get too close to her. I can't go in her house. But she's like, yeah, come on over, baby, and put your feet in the grass. And you <laughs> Sounds know, just like her. That, yes, right. And just get <laughs> grounded again. And I, mm-hmm. I think that that has been, for me, uh, during the pandemic, a lifeline. Yeah. I, I started a gardening class because this was like, this was the most exciting thing that happened to me because I couldn't go anywhere. I haven't been anywhere. And this elderly gentleman, he's the Gullah man who's the master gardener. And he said last week, he said, all a seed wants to do is make more seeds. Ooh. That's what a seed wants to do. It's like going, the whole thing, the branching, the leafing and the fruit and all that that we're thinking it's there for, it's there so that at the end of that fruit, there's a seed. Yes. It's just going from seed to seed to seed. And I was like, ah. See, I want to go to seed. I want to go to seed. Yes. If I if I go to seed, somehow I, I multiply. I I I I multiply by you know ultimately by billions. That's you know, right. If I go to seed, yes. Um, and I I think that's just the most wonderful imagery. Yeah. Oh God. Okay, girl. Oh, girl. If I can call you that, but this, you can call me yes, girl. Go girl. Ahead, because, you know, age <laughs> is a thing, but spirit spirit has nothing to do with that. So I love that you talked about seeds. I actually I have some notes here, and I said center this conversation on seeds because as I was getting reacquainted with you via your art, I noticed you use that term seeds a lot, and really? I okay. 
I came across this video that you did. You were doing a storytelling in the Gola tradition. You know, you were singing songs. It was this very, you know, it took me back to the way that I interacted with your art as when I was a child. And I was looking at the the kids, primarily, you know, little black kids in the audience, and I could see their minds expanding. I could see the seeds being planted in them of I can I can act out my my lineage. I can act out this culture. Like I felt like what you were doing, Natalie, in that performance is you were you were sowing seeds in them. And after the performance, you you said this quote uh, that just I wrote it down and I put it right above my writing desk in my studio. And you said, if we don't know the whole story, then we don't understand our environment. We don't understand each other and we don't understand ourselves. So I'm curious, like for you, like how has storytelling allowed you to locate yourself as a Southern Black woman on this land that you live on? Storytelling, um, that's how I found myself. You know, we grew up in the same religious tradition, you and I. The only place for me to have a voice that they made it clear was within a very narrow space. And then my, my being a woman narrowed it further. That's right. That's right. And when uh, in 83, it was like, well, Natalie can go south and help out with grandma. Um, I thought, OK, two weeks tops, because if the south was that cool, y'all would have stayed. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Greyhound bus here. And all I can say, Adia, and I've said it before, is how I knew I was home. I could feel I could feel the presence of others saying, welcome home by yes. the time you got here. And, and then I met Ron shortly after, and he'd written a book about his ancestors and his community. Ron, your husband who you created Gola Gola Island with? Yes. Uh, he had written this book, and there were these all these old songs. And I knew these old songs, and he knew these old songs. And most of my peers didn't know these old call and response songs. I had been trying up until then to sing like somebody else. Yes. But when I sang these songs, I sang like myself for the first time. Ooh. And then he was like, so let's do this. Why don't, do you know this story? Learn this story. And when I stepped, Adia, when I stepped onto a stage into a story, I stepped into my own self. Stepped into a story. I stepped into my own self. And for me, the telling of a story is a channeling of a story. Yes. And then it was like, oh, no. I'm going to let the song sing me, if that makes Ooh. any sense. Yes. It's like, I, I got to write. I'm, I'm, I'm like, actually, let me just write that down because this is, this is, I need this. <laughs> yeah. It's so wild to me, you know, hearing you say this because I feel like my spirit is talking to you. Like, there's so many parallels between your life, like even your trajectory of going up north to uh, New York. I went to Brooklyn when I was 19. That was the first place I left my mama's house for. But I remember when I came back south to live, because I ran out of money, uh, that was when I found the blues. That's when I found Sister Victoria Spivey. When I was 21, I was living in Atlanta, working at a call center. And I was lost. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to relate to this land that made me. I did not know how to relate to the south because I'd been so shut out from the story of that the South tells itself. I was like, there's no place for me there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a little white girl. I'm not this or that. So when I found Victoria Spivey, it was like finding myself. 
And I remember she had a song called Detroit Moan. It was the first song I heard from her. And it's about this young woman who goes to Detroit to, you know, she goes, she leaves the farm, goes to the big city, and she talks about being poor, you know, and and just being down in her luck. She said, I'm tired of eating chili, and I can't eat beans no more. <laughs> And I was like, it's like, that's me. That's me. You know, and I felt for the first time seen and I felt Southern in a way that felt true to me. I, she sang me into existence. Yeah. That's funny. You see, you felt Southern, even though and I would say I would laugh and say, well, I had to be born where my mama was at the time. Right. And she had gone north. But everything about my DNA is here. Yes. I just, a lot of, of the black folk who had moved north to, to achieve, you know, they polished, my parents polished any, polished any evidence of sub from their voices. Yes. Someone asked my father if he had studied in England. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had gotten a high school diploma. He actually from, from a trade school. That's you know? right. But he had polished that out and, and the black educators I knew, and I'm sure you've met them. These are the women who hit every consonant yes. and articulate everything because if you have mastered the king's English, that's right. That's right. You will achieve yes, respectability. Respectability and 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 southernness was not respectability. No. That was the stuff they were trying to escape. They were trying to wash off. Yes. And then they sent me south, right? Right. And I found myself that's right. Well, that's, you know, that's what my family did. So I, mm-hmm. I was able to trace our family on my, my mother's side back to South Carolina 400 years. Wow. But um, my, my great grandparents, they did the great migration. They went to Philly where my mother was born mm-hmm. and they, they came back in the seventies. They all moved back down South, um, you know, back to Travelers Rest, South Carolina, and then finally uh, Spartanburg County. And I've asked my mother about this, like, why'd y'all do that? Why would you come back down south? And she was just like, I feel like our spirits were dying up north. Mm-hmm. We were completely derooted. We were we were unmoored up north. You know, I remember reading uh, The Bluest Eye. And Toni Morrison, she wrote through her character, Pauline. Pauline stopped saying cheering, start saying children to try and, you know, polish herself and, you know, cleanse that that southernness off of her. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's something that a lot of black people go through at a certain point in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, let me get this dirt off me. Let me get this land off me, you know. Right, right. And particularly, you know, it's funny you talk about the land because I know so many um, younger uh, younger black folk who are now really reconnecting with the land, even if it's just a pot on their porch. Yes. Um, even if they're just growing a little weed for their own use, whatever. That's right. You're connecting with the, the land again, with the recognition that that is... Uh, also in our DNA, it's important. And particularly here in a Gullah Geechee community where um, Black folk, and South Carolina, throughout the South, we owned land. That's right. For a, a minute. That's right. And and then development came and, and is pushing so many of us off that land. You know, it wasn't that hard for some because some are like, I got to get away from the dirt. That's right. But now we're recognizing that the dirt is like in our blood. It was our saving and grace. Yes. Yes, hold on to the dirt. Maybe you can't make new dirt, but make something out of the dirt you got, you know. I think it's really interesting, you know, 
the, the Gola Geechee culture, how you were able to find, you know, yourself within that culture. And, and, and I've been researching it quite a bit over the course of, of quarantine because I've been like, how did Black folk survive the South? And not just the South, South Carolina, which is a mm-hmm. different South, you know, first to secede, <laughs> you know. And yeah. reading about the resilience of this community, the, self, the self-sufficiency of this community, you know, after slavery and Reconstruction, we were the ones that knew how to work the land. We were the ones that knew how to grow rice, who knew how to fish, who knew how to cultivate, who knew how to work with the land in seasons and not exploit it. We understood that the land was a privilege and it was not a right. And I think about, you know, the the spiritual implications of that. I think of the the blues culture is so alive in that it challenges the dominant gaze, the dominant culture of this is what's respectable. This is how you do. This is how it's done. And I feel like these black folk in the deep South, you know, that had to survive the, what they were doing was challenging the system in such a radical way. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, It's funny. I'm remembering something today. I was thinking about it before you called. Uh, So I was a member of this denomination. Yes. And one day, I'm walking out to the car to go to church. I'm dressed in my church clothes. And I had planted some flowers around this tree. And as I was walking to the car, I noticed some weeds. And so I stopped to pull a few weeds out of this flower garden and some more. And before I knew it, I was down on my hands and knees in the dirt in my church clothes. And I never got to church. And that was the end. You got to church. I did. That's, that was church. That's the church God gave us. That was it. See, I see I see the blues in you. I see, <laughs> you know, women like uh, Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith, you know, my Victoria Spivey, because they had the black church at their back too. And, and <laughs> they said no to that. They rebuked that. They rebuked the man, black and white. They said, my mama had chains on them and I'm not going to put religious chains on me. Like I have a truth to tell. And my truth Mm -hmm. is rooted in this land. It's rooted in this body. You know, I carry Mm -hmm. those seeds with me. And I, you know, I just love this connection between Gola women, blues women. Like I I see that link. I see that lineage between all these black folk in the South like that. But let me ask you this one last question. Yeah. What song is giving you light these days? Mm. You know what I'll play? I will play Coconut Oil by Lizzo. Yes. I love it. Cause um, I think about that. All I needed was some coconut oil. Don't worry about the small things. I know I can do all things. Mama always told me that, and she was like, you know, I, I love it. Uh, From the top of your head to tip of your toe, just greased up, ready to go. Here we go. That's right. That's right. When I look at you, I see me. So I do one too. You as I would do. Someone living in my tooth. Oh, well, this was just beautiful. I hate time constraints because I really could talk to you for hours and hours. And I would love to continue this conversation in South Carolina after this panini done wrapped up. I would love it. Likewise. Um, I miss all y'all. Yeah. I miss all y'all. Please, please give your mama a hug from me. She said, give you a hug and a a kiss. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Dean. All right. Thank you, Natalie.
Now that was my friend, my mentor, my spirit auntie, Natalie Days. In addition to being all the things that we discussed in this episode, Natalie is a painter, she's a sculptor. Her art depicts black bodies at rest and on the land that she knows best, the low country of South Carolina. You can find those in Natalie's other paintings on Instagram at Gola Mama. That's G-U-L-L-A-H-M-A-M-A. I want to thank you guys so much for vibing with me today. This is a real treat. I want to say to all of you listening, go out and put your feet in the dirt. You know, take your shoes off, get your feet dirty, put your hand in some mud, go hug a tree, go find yourself in the world around you and go leave seeds for others to follow. This has been Call and Response on Sono Sound System. Thank you all for joining us this week. And a special thanks to Natalie Days for blessing us with her presence in that conversation. I really needed that. To hear all the music in the full version of this show, listen on Sonos Radio or find us at mixcloud.com slash Sonos. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you love this show, uh, rate it, share it with your friends, and also let me know what you're listening to. Let me know what music is meeting you in this moment. Uh, Feel free to holler at your girl across social media, at Adia Victoria. I'm all ears. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sonos Radio. This show is produced by Work by Work, Scott Newman, Gemma Rose Brown, Babette Thomas, Megan Lubin, and me, Adia Victoria. The show is mixed by Sam Baer. Extra gratitude to Joe Dawson and Saida Blount at Sonos. Until next time, keep your heart and your ears wide open. Y'all be good. Mm-hmm.